for me, it was like, if I'm going to pursue this, I'm going to pursue it the legal way so that I am still following the tenets of my belief. And it is just, as you said, it's just another tool in my toolbox of medications. Welcome everybody out to episode 76 of Utah in the Weeds. My name is Tim Pickett and I'm a PA. Uh, Medical cannabis is my specialty and this is episode uh, 76 with Melissa Catmull. This is a runner's story, folks. Melissa is a man. She runs and runs and runs and her story is worth listening to. What I love about these stories in Utah is conservatism meets cannabis and how that plays into people's lives and the acceptance and all the things. Uh, From a housekeeping perspective, this weekend, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day we release, uh, tomorrow is the Utah Cannabis Expo, Health and Wellness Expo at the Salt Palace. You can buy tickets at the door. Um, I believe it's 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And head on down there to Salt Lake uh, if you can. This is the first big expo that's really focused on cannabis and cannabis medicine. UtahMarijuana.org will have a booth there. Uh, There'll be a lot of the medical cannabis pharmacies. There'll be some expert panels to uh, listen to and discuss all the things about medical cannabis in Utah. Uh, Happy to have you guys out there for that. Otherwise, please subscribe to the podcast on any podcast player that you uh, you listen to podcasts on. We're so happy for your support. Also, YouTube, Discover Marijuana, you can find us on there. And you can reach out to me by commenting or asking a question on any one of those videos. It's really a uh, channel about medical cannabis and educating people about, uh, you know, and destigmatizing the plant. So one last thing, enter to win on our YouTube channel at Discover Marijuana. Every week of November, we're giving away a prize on that channel. There's descriptions and instructions on how to enter big prizes every week, celebrating the one year anniversary of that Discover Marijuana YouTube channel. So stay tuned there. Let's get into this episode with Melissa Catmull. Everybody enjoy and have a great one. Okay, so take me back to like, how did you get involved with cannabis at all? Okay, so I've been watching um, kind of the, the legislation to see where Utah was going to go with that. I've kind of been thinking about it for a while. Would that be an option for me? I've dealt with depression and anxiety for all of my adult life. I've had several health issues that I've been dealing with chronic pain for probably the last 10 years of my life and tried various things, treatments, injections, medications, all kinds of different things to treat all of those. And it had some family members kind of exploring the idea of medical marijuana as well. So I researched a little bit and kind of just went onto the state website, thought, I'll give it a shot. I'll meet with somebody. If they think it's worthwhile for me, then that's great. So I followed the directions. I scheduled an appointment with a provider who I felt like was pretty thorough with me, addressing all of my specific concerns, and then went through that process where he 
it's taken some tweaking to kind of find the right dosage and how I want that delivered. Um, but I've been able to cut my antidepressant in half and I no longer am taking any kind of um, benzodiazepine for my anxiety. Um, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy about that. I feel like I am um, using it successfully. You mentioned a couple of things in there. Like, so what's your, do you mind explaining your chronic pain? Sure. A little bit? Sure. I'm an ultra runner and I've had various stress fractures. I had a couple neck surgeries about six years ago. I broke my elbow about five years ago and they had to remove the radial head from my elbow. So my elbow always is hurting. I have arthritis in most of my joints and I have now severe <clears throat> osteoporosis and kind of all of those things lend to chronic joint pain, chronic elbow pain that, you know, I, I'd gone down the opioid route and that obviously doesn't work. So that's not a long-term solution. So this was kind of my last resort. Do you still run? I just got told by my orthopedic specialist I need to stop. So I'm still coming coming to terms with that phase of my life. But um, you you don't think you're going to run at least right now? You're in this transition period where you're like oh. I am in this transition period. I my osteoporosis is so severe right now, and I'm having some issues with my feet. That the fear is that I'll just have stress fractures and will end up crippling myself. So it's either stop running or be 16 and in a wheelchair. So I, I choose to, to keep my health as best I can. So <laughs> did you ever, did you ever bike? Have you ever yes. thought about you biking? Know, I did a ton of triathlons. Um, I was oh, did training, you? yeah, I was training for an Ironman, um, when I had to have the neck surgeries and the, where my neck surgeries are, it precludes me from being on a road bike, being down in that position. So I gave that up and so I have my treadmill that I can walk on and I have my road bike on a trainer that I can jump onto and bust out some miles for some workout. What happened? Did you just beat your body up? <laughs> um, I just think, well. So how many miles were you running? Like the peak, right? Ultra running is. So my. Tell me longest, what that means. So my longest distance was a 50 miler. I'd entertained thoughts of a hundred miler, but I don't do well with no sleep. So, um, 50 miles was kind of my, I, I, I really tried to keep myself 50 K ready. So if something popped up and we want to just go run a 50 K, we could do that. Um, <laughs> so wait, wait, just hold off right there. Okay. I have run, I have run one 50 K I've oh, run so one marathon. Yeah. I've run one marathon and I've run one 50 K. The marathon I ran was in 2009 after the end of the Ironman at, uh, Coeur d'Alene, right? See? See, I had never run, man, you know this. Uh, I had never run an uh, <laughs> marathon before, and so help me, it was misery, right? I mean, well, I just, I like limped in. A, Come on. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm talking about. But then I decided, okay, let's do a 50K. That's 33, 35 miles, right? Yep. So you're saying, well, I just want to be ready, right? The right. reason I bring this up is because you're like, oh, I'll just, I want to be ready in case anybody wants to get like say, Hey, let's go do a 50 K. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of miles to like stay ready for. Yeah. This is not a big, this is not something that like the average runner 
No. You're mm-hmm. you're putting in 30. What what are you yeah. doing a week? 30 a week, 30 a week, 30 40 least, a week. At least between 30 and 40. And you kind of get addicted to it, right? Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. It's my life. Right? Yeah. So, now that you I'm a totally yes because I th- I feel like cannabis is there's all this talk about cannabis not being as uh uh a drug that would enhance your sport, right? But ultra running, I feel like now that you've experienced it a little bit, don't you feel like it was it's like the perfect drug? <clears throat> I don't yes, I, I agree. It didn't it did not inhibit any of my any of my training. It doesn't inhibit any of my racing, any of my running. It totally fine. Did you ever, have you ever consumed cannabis and went on a run? Yes. And do you feel like it, see, it makes you a little thirsty. Um, it distorts time. Do you feel like it would enhance your running? Like it would help you run further or not? I don't know that I could honestly say that. I just know that it didn't inhibit anything for me. To be honest with you, when I dose myself, I don't, I don't notice anything. As a teenager experimenting around, I noticed a high. With the medical stuff that I'm taking and how I figured out my dosing, I I don't at all. I don't feel the same as if I were to be as when I was a teenager and, and we did that. For listeners, I can you just tell the listeners that I didn't prompt you to say that? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm because just being 100% seriously, honest. I'm just people being 100% really honest. Think- People really think that this in this business and this like medical medical marijuana and cannabis is essentially all about people getting high. And it, it really is not at all, right? Like I've never experienced that on any even if I've like over like I shouldn't say overdosed. If I've overused dosed a little, if dosed I've a little, dosed a little too much, I still don't notice it. Like I have a blend that I use during the day. It does not, it doesn't make me sleepy. It doesn't do anything. I, I just, I notice my pain is less. My anxiety is significantly decreased and I can function. I can do my job. I can, I can do whatever I need to do for the day. Totally fine. And then my blend at nighttime is at nighttime and reduces my anxiety, calms my mind and helps me sleep. And neither one, I don't get any kind of a high feeling. I don't, yeah, I, I think that's a huge misunderstanding for the for people who who don't understand it. it yeah, it's just it, that's a misunderstanding. It, that is not the case for me at all. What do you? What was the process like after you got your card here in Utah to like purchase the product and figure out that dosing? I have to say, the dispensary I found nearest my home was so great. I walked in, I showed my card, my ID. And then for a first time user, they had a pharmacist come and sit down with me and say, okay, what are the things that we're trying to address? All right, here's what I'm trying to address. Okay, here are the different blends. And these are the things that we'd recommend that you try. And so I started trying some different things. I played around with the dosage myself to kind of figure out exactly what was right for me. And then I, 
I just, when I need to pick up more, I go in, I know exactly what I'm purchasing. If I have a question at all, the people are so willing to help. Like I probably get more FaceTime and consultation from the pharmacist at the dispensary than I would my regular pharmacist for other medication. And that's in all fairness, honest. And do you, how long did it take for you to figure out the dosing too? So when you went there, did you buy three or four products or did you just buy one? Nope. I bought three or four products. One product wasn't helpful at all. So I know I'm not purchasing that one again. It it wasn't helpful. And then the the dosing just kind of took a couple of, maybe up to a week to kind of tweak and play with things knowing, okay, this is the right amount. This is not enough or ah, this is too much. I can get away with just this right amount. Did you always think you were going to be able to use it during the day too? Or did you think, oh, I, I don't know. I thought I wasn't going to be able to. So I started like on a weekend just to make sure I understood how it was going to affect me. And yeah, I, I'm like, well, there's no high from this. I can function my everyday life just fine. When you, do you feel like a lot of your pain is from anxiety too? Or do you feel like, like what's the relationship there? I mean, I think there's great ties into our mental side and our physical side. And pain signals from the brain can come from a different, a variety of different sources. Does it make my pain go away? I I don't know about that. I don't know that it does, but I, I don't notice the pain quite as much. Mm -hmm. Is that, does that make sense? Oh yeah, I mean to me it makes sense cuz I'm the medical I'm a medical provider who does this evaluation and and this education. So to me that's just that's the disassociation part, right? You're putting your pain over there on the couch, so right. to speak, and you're able to go about your day. And Correct. then trying to figure out the right dosing is really trying to figure out what how far do I need to put my pain over there essentially. It's like the threshold of I'm feeling great, so I don't need any more, or I'm not feeling, you know, I'm not feeling so good. Let's, let's try just a little bit more uh-huh. and just kind of find And I think that balance is different for every single person. I mean, I, I'm an older woman, five, four hundred pounds versus maybe, you know, a 24 year old dude who's six, two and two forty. I mean right. that, you know, the docent's going to be completely different. Yeah. So I think as an individual starting this process, I think relying heavily on a medical provider such as yourself to consult, make recommendations on products, and then just trying a few till you find the things that work best. Are you using all oral stuff, all like tinctures, gummies, or did you try inhaled things? I have a vape pen that I use during the day, and that's a blend that does not, it doesn't have any indica. Am I saying that right? In the couch yeah. stuff, yeah. Yep, in the, in the couch, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have that blend to it, so mm-hmm. I'm not sleepy, function, do everything, do my job, whatever I need to do. Um, and then at nighttime, it's the reverse, the opposite kind of a blend, and that's a tincture that I use under my, uh, just an oil that I place under my tongue at nighttime. And then I have had gummies that I would use interchangeably with the tincture. But during the day, I, it's just the vape pen. Because the vape pen doesn't last quite as long. It's a little bit easier to dose, right? Yeah. If you get yeah. a little too much, it's only a couple of hours. Right. Right. And and then things are okay again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I 
I mean, I, I'm always fascinated with people like 35, 40% of our patients that we see have your type of experience with cannabis. So somebody who may have experienced it before, but, or, and has not used it, doesn't want to get high, just wants to really treat it like another medicine, right? Exactly. But the stigma, do you, was the stigma a big deal for you? Yes. I am an active practicing member of the predominant religion here in Utah. And that was a little bit at odds with our code of health. And so for me, it was like, if I'm going to pursue this, I'm going to pursue it the legal way so that I am still following the tenets of my belief. And it is just, as you said, it's just another tool in my toolbox of medications. I take medicine for thyroid. I take, you know, supplements with glucosamine and vitamins B and, and calcium and all those things. This is just one more of those things in my toolbox that help me manage my health. How do you feel other people or like your family has been with this? My family has been extremely supportive. Um, very, very supportive in that, hey, Whatever you need to do to feel healthy, whatever you need to do to feel well, that you can get yourself out of bed and function without, you know, crippling pain, more power to you. I have a very supportive family. I think that's, um, I mean, it's really important. And I think we've heard so many stories about people whose families have, have been really supportive. It seems like, especially in the, you know, in Utah, I was born and raised here too. I, I get that culture. And it seems a little daunting, I think, to like enter this, like the cannabis space for people. But once, once you make that decision, I don't know, was that your experience? Because you talk about how like the pharmacists have been really helpful and mm -hmm. your family's been really supportive. But at first, just stepping into it is... I was a little nervous. I kind of was a little bit nervous because I, I really didn't know what to expect. I knew that it was worth pursuing. What did I have to lose? It was worth pursuing. Um, and I was a little nervous and I was a little hesitant. But, you know, as I waited my turn at the dispensary and I saw all walks of life going in there, realizing, you know, other people are in the same situation as me. They're just trying to find something to help them whether it's pain, whether it's anxiety, whether, you know, whatever spectrums that they need help with, we're all dealing with something and, and we're all trying to find something. And, and if it works for them, as it works for me, who's to judge? I mean, I, I, in my opinion, I'd much rather be using medical marijuana as opposed to being addicted to opioids or benzodiazepines. I've honestly been down that route. I don't want to go there again. So to me, this was the best option to manage my health. Are you somebody who now kind of advocates like to your primary care provider? Because it sounds like you went to somebody different. So I have my primary care provider and um, my last uh, well check or physical check with her. I let her know that this is what I was doing and that I'd been able to get off of clonazepam, clonopin, that I'd been able to cut down some other medication I was taking at nighttime. And she was extremely supportive. She was like, hey, you know, whatever works, let's let's take it. Let's let's run with it. If it works for you, then great. 
I think that that's one of the big ways providers will get introduced to this because we deal with a lot of providers who are referring patients to us who don't mm-hmm. have malpractice for it or they don't have they they just they don't quite know what to do about it yet right but there's patients like you who come back and say hey you know what this isn't like it's relatively safe okay it's not addictive i'm using it i'm not i'm not using it to get high Right, I'm I, using a moderate amount. You're you're not I, using. I like, don't know what it would take for me to do that because right because I don't. You don't do it, and yeah, and I've reduced other prescription medications, and I just cannot imagine a provider not saying like, "Wow, okay, maybe I should take this a little bit more seriously." I would hope so. Uh, you know, I and as I left her office, I don't I don't know that. I mean, she she may she was extremely supportive of me. Mm-hmm. And I found that extremely valuable. It would be great if there were more providers that could prescribe it. I will be honest about this. It's a whole lot cheaper to go buy a generic clonazepam than it is to buy the medical marijuana. It's expensive. Yep. Plus the um, cost of the visit too, right? You've got to have a, a cash pay yeah, visit. Yeah, the initial, yep. yeah. And, you, and it's cash to buy your product. Mm-hmm. And that, those are all, that's fine. You know, it's, you hit an ATM, you go, it's fine. But I would like to see the cost come down because that will be prohibitive for people to actually get off of chemical medication and onto something that's more natural when it, it can be cost prohibitive. And that's one thing that I have found. It's much more expensive for me to use medical marijuana than it is the other medications, but I feel better about it as to what's coming into my body versus the addiction that that has been shown to be in some of those other medications. You're spending 150, 200 bucks a month? At least. Yeah. yeah. Kind of that's... Well, and another thing I really liked is the prescriber that you meet with prescribes how much you can have per month. Yeah. So based on your symptoms and what you're dealing with, you know, it's not this free for all. Okay, now you can go buy all the stuff you want. No, no. I like that it's that it's mandated and it's controlled a little bit um, to where you're just getting what has been prescribed for you. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. There are very few of us doing that, um, unfortunately, actually. Yeah. Well, um, but putting up the fence around the pasture is how I describe it, right? I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna put up the fence around the pasture, and then inside that space, you can you can use what you need to use. You can experiment right. with your own, like delivery. You know, you're using an inhaled method during the day, a tincture or an edible at night, and that makes a lot of sense for people to change the way they use like a medication like this because it. I mean, that just makes sense. Wouldn't it have been nice to? To have that with a traditional medicine where you, right. you're like, oh, well, I just, I only need this for a couple hours or I, I need something that's a little bit uplifting instead of a downer. Right. right? I don't, I'm, I love cannabis as a medicine because it's so complex and it's so personal, right? Yeah. It's like tomatoes, yeah. right? You can get the garden fresh tomatoes. Yeah. And you can have somebody like yourself who's small and doesn't use a lot and is a runner and, and just, it's almost like you're taking control of your own health. Thank you. That is exactly how I feel about it. Instead of 
relying on someone to listen to me and and help me in a way that I've it take it gives me more onus for my own mm-hmm. health and I like that I I like that yeah as medical providers we've been dictating how to treat things for generations and this is but at the other on the other hand we have been asking patients take control of your own health walk more eat healthier why don't you do these things why don't you take control of your own health and now patients have kind of turned the tables i feel like on providers in a certain way and said okay this is how i want to take control of my own health i want to use medical cannabis in order to start that process some providers are really getting on board and saying well okay i'm totally supportive of this right it's safe it's if it's effective for you you choose and then other providers are like, wait, we didn't mean take control of it in that way. Yeah. And I, I find that unfortunate. It's like if, if, if I, and I worked in the healthcare industry, not patient care direct, but I worked in the health industry for my big girl career job. And I can't, I would think as a medical provider, you would want any and all resources to help your patient. Any and all resources. If that is something non-traditional, then that's something non-traditional. If it works, it works. Who are you to argue? If it's wor- if it works and it is safe, <laughs> then right. right. Like, and you remember, we're only talking about safe as compared to what, right? Safe as compared to benzodiazepines. Safe as compared mm-hmm. to opioids. That to me mm-hmm. is an easy argument. Safe, exactly. Safe as compared to things when you're young and you know, you're going to have to use a lot of THC. Okay, now we're going to get into a difficult conversation, a little more complex conversation. But that's that's not really what we're talking about in general, right? Correct. Yes. Those conversations, I feel like, yes, have those conversations with us. To me, I like the cannabis specialist idea, right? With those really, those complicated situations. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. What, uh, what, do, you, what do you do work-wise now? I am a buyer for a local run specialty store. A run specialty store. Oh, you're you're knee yeah. deep in this running. <laughs> we kind of yeah, I yeah. So I I buy and manage their inventory. You buy hokas and ultras and all the yeah, all the good. Yeah. Yep. All the stuff you've tried and Yep. So in that environment it's it's shoes, it's apparel, it's nutrition, it's accessories, it's yeah. All of that. What are you going to do with this with this new thing? This new thing about this running, and you can't get on a tri bike. I'm worried about you. You know, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, right now, it's kind of day to day. Once we can get my foot pain under control and get some answers there, then it it you know, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know yet. I don't have the answer to that. I'm just taking it day by day. I'm kind of excited to watch what happens. Yeah, you know, like we'll because I would think it sounds like you're the type of person that's extremely motivated, right, to stay mobile. You kind of have to be, you know. Yeah. Who wants to just lay in their bed and die? No, we want to stay active. <laughs> we want to be doing stuff. I mean, you know, I can't run right now, but I'm I'm volunteering at ultras and and being still being a part of the community and and that's rewarding in and of itself too. Are you going to go up fact, and do this D fifty, uh, the one up here in Davis County? This fifty no, miler? Huh? No, huh? No, 
No, I just got back from Moab. Um, there's a, a racing um, group down in Moab that I have raced with for a long time. And I just went back and volunteered at their races. I'll go back down in November and volunteer. And and my friends run all their races. So I'll just go and cheer them on and stay a part of that community the best way I can. Volunteering. It's awesome. You'll be one of those people in the, uh, the sit-down bikes, the recumbents with the flag. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my four wheeler and you know sweep the course, whatever. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, wherever they want me, whatever they want me to do, I'll do it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. The running community is is they're awesome people, especially trail runners. I mean, it's all trail that I do, and and it's a different community, and they're great people, and you can't help but feel good about yourself when you're around them. So that's what I do. It's a super fun sport. I love, yeah. I love trail running. I don't, I definitely don't do it now. I think I got up to maybe, I think one week I ran 50 miles in a week, Yeah, you know, which was pretty good for me. I think it's great. But it does take a little bit of time. It takes a lot of time. And you got to be yeah. careful with cannabis dosing when you're trail running because you can lose your dog. <laughs> My dog's too little to come running really? with me. So yeah, I've had her carry on my shoulders. <laughs> what else is like, what else is important to you with this whole, with this whole thing? I think, especially here in Utah, I would love to see the stigma um, taken away from it. You know, for so long, I felt like leadership in Utah really fought legalizing it from a lack of their own understanding of how it could benefit. I'd like to see that change in Utah. I'd like, I'd like to see our, our leaders and, and the community kind of open up their minds a little bit more to be a little more receptive to the options that it can offer as like an alternative. I mean, Utah is famous for like, well, I've got an oil for that, you know? Yep. Utah is very famous for Where, that, right? As I don't know that there are published or peer-reviewed articles about oils, but I I feel like there are about medical cannabis. And so, you know, let's let's maybe reset our we need a paradigm shift here in the state, in my opinion. We're also famous for opioid addiction and prescription medication. hundred percent because from my perspective, I believe it does have a lot to do with the predominant religion and our code of health. And so I think a lot of people look at that as it's a prescription, therefore it's legal, therefore I can take what I need to. Not knowing that those things can be highly addictive and can destroy lives. Mm -hmm. Destroy lives. I, I, after my two neck surgeries, I had a you know, we couldn't get rid of the pain. We just could not get rid of the pain. And my surgeon finally said, I'm at odds. Let's go to the pain clinic. I went to the pain clinic. I should have sued the guy, but over the course of probably three, six months, I was on copious amounts of opioids, muscle relaxants, and benzodiazepines to the point where a friend intervened one night and said, you got to do something. You're going to end up dead you're going to fall asleep one night and you're not going to wake up. And so I actually went to, um, to 
and went through detox. And, and I, I'm not going to do that again. And I think if people understood how these can affect your brain, it wasn't that, and I wasn't getting high from the opioids or the other medications. I was just trying to stop the pain where they diagnosed me with something called hypo hyperallergenia, um, where there's no real physical cause for the pain, but mm-hmm. your brain is sending signals because it wants the opioids. Yep. Yep. Once we could get rid of all of that out of me, the pain was gone for the most part. I mean, I still am dealing with some residual stuff, obviously, but. But what you're saying is that it's not, it isn't the, it was the cycle that was essentially causing the brain to, to consider this as pain. It wasn't necessarily physical pain. That's a key thing about chronic pain. It's like the, the switch goes from this is physical pain and you have the pain reaction to I'm going to send the signals regardless of what the body is doing. It just sends the signals and then you're in this. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like it's all of a sudden patients are in this cycle. So I have to question how many of these patients who deal with chronic pain are on, on opioids are in that cycle that if we could just get them out, detox them, rid their system of those things, and then evaluate where they're at, and then try maybe medical cannabis. Mm-hmm. It's worth a shot. Give it a try. See if this is helpful for you. If not, then we try something else. But I think too many people are just reliant upon that prescription. And I know doctors are really trying to crack down on it. I know that they're trying to make changes. Um, but I still think there's far too many people addicted out there that that really don't need to be. No. If they could just get detoxed and and then evaluate really where the pain level and threshold is at and then go from there, start fresh. Do you did you use cannabis to get off of opioids or did you do that before? No. So one thing that, um, do you wish you would have had something to help you move on from opioids? Do you feel like that could have been helpful? It probably could have at the time, you know, at uni, it was kind of like, well, we can give you this other medication, but then you kind of be addicted to that. And so then we'll have to wean you off of that. And I was like, no, 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 we're not going to go from one to another. I'll just cold turkey it. And then let's start fresh. Now, had that been an option to me, that probably would have been very helpful because yeah. going cold turkey is not good. That's a, it's a, it's a hard thing. And had that been an option, I think I probably would have taken that, mm-hmm. but I couldn't see myself going from one addiction to another and then weaning off of that. That, right. did, that made no sense to yep. me. That made no sense. Yeah. What you did was really hard. You did, you did a hard thing getting, yeah, taking, I, taking yourself and making that decision. I mean, congratulations, really. Well, thank you. It was, uh, I, I credit that friend for saving my life. Good. Literally. I'm, I really appreciate you being willing to tell that story because especially here, it's underneath the surface uh, and a lot of people deal with this. I, more people deal with this than I think everybody knows, you know. I I feel like that's true too. In fact, my first week I went back to church and I looked around at my fellow parishioners and thought, I know you are, and I know you are, and I know you are. Mm-hmm. And if we could get you some help, I think we could 
we could get this taken care of. I, I wrote a big, long blog post about it back in the days when blogging, you know, was big. And I wrote a big old post about it and what my experience was. And I was surprised at how many people reached out privately to say, I think my mom's in this situation. I think my sister's in this situation. And it is not talked about. And I don't know why that is. How can we help each other if we don't share our stories? And and sometimes just sharing what you've gone through, you don't know who is dealing with the same thing and could be helped. Mm-hmm. So when I was approached about doing this podcast, I'm like, dude, yeah, if I can help somebody, great. Absolutely. You know, maybe my maybe my story doesn't resonate with anybody, and that's fine too. But if it, if it does help one person, great. Yeah, it's totally that's worth we're the here, time. Trying to help each other. Yep, and that's exactly it's exactly the point of the podcast. And I do a series on YouTube called Discover Marijuana, and yeah, I mean, we talk about it. We just talk about it. Because it needs yeah. to be talked about in order to be a tool, you know, it, it just needs yeah. to be okay to talk about it, talk about it as an option, talk about people's problems with prescription medications and alternatives. Maybe it's cannabis, maybe it's not that helps you get off of True. it, but there's, you know, there's options for people to not use that t- type of thing to get off of it, to move on or well, if someone can look at me and go, well, there's a 55-year-old lady who actively religious and uses this as a tool, well, maybe it's okay for me to use this as a tool. I'm, you know, you don't have to be a 20-something-year-old who just wants to smoke and yeah. And I I don't know. Whatever whatever stereotype they have in their head. Oh, yeah. They need to get out of that and and look and say there's a lot of us that don't fit that stereotype that is finding this helpful. So maybe you can explore this too. This has been a really good conversation. I really appreciate you. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to do it. I, I hope I've covered the things that you were wanting to cover. Um, I just think that anybody who's dealing with chronic things like that, whether it's pain, whether it's um, anxiety, depression, and gosh, after 2020 and into 2021, aren't we all kind of feeling pretty, I mean, I, you know, you look at the the headlines and it's a little scary and there's a lot going on in our world that's causing a lot of anxiety and worry. You know, we don't have to go to chemicals to do this. We can find ways that don't involve chemical or dependency on medications to be able to manage our mental health, to manage our physical health. And again, I think if we would set aside those stereotypes, kind of create a paradigm shift for ourselves to realize that this is, like I said before, it's just a tool of many in a toolbox to help us manage our health. Perfectly said. Well, if anybody wants to reach out to Melissa, utahmarijuana.org slash podcast, go there. Uh, We'll have a transcript and a summary of this episode and a link there to her Instagram. And you can subscribe to the podcast on any of our, you know, any any place that you want to subscribe to. Again, thanks again, Melissa, for coming out. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. Stay safe out there, everybody.